Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the program. A week from today is Election Day. All voters in Wisconsin who choose to do so can go to the polls and vote for the state in the state Supreme Court race. And we have talked about this before. Early voting is now underway as well. And we are joined by Supreme Court candidate Dan Kelly. Dan, good afternoon. It's great to be here. Well, thanks. Hey, I, I, I want to talk substantive in a minute, but I, I want to ask you a horse race question, if we can just kind of start this out, because the sure. most recent campaign finance reports got filed, and um, Janet Protasewicz raised about $3.3 million from individuals. We're, I'm, I'm going to talk about, like, special interests in a minute, but $2 million of that came from out-of-state contributors, whereas your numbers say about 157,000. Two million people from out-of-state contributors. Why is it, do you think, that so many people from outside of Wisconsin are sending money to influence a Wisconsin state Supreme Court race? Yeah, well, actually, that's going to drive us right into the substantive part of the show, because I think the reason it's coming in is we have a very stark choice ahead of us. And it's the difference between the rule of law and the rule of Janet. Janet's made it abundantly clear that her intent is to set herself above the law uh, and, indeed, to put her thumb on the scales of justice when she decides cases so that they come out in accordance with her politics instead of in accordance with the law. Now, I think there are groups all over the country looking at this because if that gambit works here in Wisconsin, when she's saying this in advance of the election, when she is promising not to do the work of the court, but instead the work of the legislature, there are a lot of progressive groups around the rest of the country that want to see if that's going to work. And if it does, uh, then I believe they're going to use that as a template. To your last point, you were talking about this race becoming nationalized. I I also see that... Billionaire financier George Soros donated a million dollars in February. The Illinois governor donated a million dollars in March. Yeah, Other yeah. left-wing people have been pouring money into the, in this case, the state Democratic Party to try to uh, elect your opponent. This, yeah. Is this troubling for the judiciary moving forward? Yeah, you know, as an institution, it is, because the court is there to answer legal questions, not political questions. But just by your list, uh, you know, who you listed is uh, uh, donating, Pritzker, Soros, uh, their intention is the same as Janet's, and that is to turn the court into a political institution instead of a legal institution. And, you know, and I think one of the reasons that there is such national interest in this race is because if this gambit works here in Wisconsin with Janet telling everyone in advance that she plans to abandon the work of the court and instead do the work of the legislature while sitting on the court, I think there are groups around the rest of the country who are going to use that as a template, and they're going to try to push other courts in an activist uh, and political direction. So uh, I think that's why there's so much national attention on this. But there are also groups that care a great deal about the constitutional order and the rule of law, and uh, and they're supporting uh, supporting our campaign in a significant way as well. So I saw a report uh, that came out just uh, just today that shows um, uh, total spending of uh, over $11 million by my opponent and her supporters, and then $10 million between myself and our supporters. And so, you know, I think that this uh, overall, we're going to have enough resources to get all the information we need to out to the people of Wisconsin so that they can decide 
whether they want to continue with the rule of law in our Constitution or instead trade all that in for the rule of Janet. When you say she wants to do the work of the legislature as opposed to the work of the court, what, what do you mean? Yeah, so she said that, um, that she would place herself above the law, uh, that she would place her thumb on the scales of justice to make sure that cases are resolved according to her personal politics as opposed to the law. So the promise of the rule of law is that we get to know in advance uh, what the law requires of us. Uh, the rule of Janet would be you don't know what the law requires of you until after you're in court standing in front of a judge. So this is the fundamental difference between my opponent and me. Uh, I've made a lifetime of um, studying the law and applying the law. Uh, I have had several years on the Wisconsin Supreme Court of doing that. And notwithstanding all of my opponent's scaremongering, uh, which is all just preposterous, uh, I think she's probably forgotten that I've already served several years on the Supreme Court, and I actually have a record. My scholarship is known to everyone in the state, and anyone who's interested in looking at it, we've listed out all the opinions I've ever written as a Supreme Court justice on our website, justicedanielkelly.com. And I did that because I want all of Wisconsin to be able to, to check my work and be confident that the work I did was simply applying the law as it exists uh, and using that to resolve the cases that come before the court and not personal politics or personal opinions. Do you think it is appropriate for someone running from the co- for the court to essentially come out and indicate how they're going to vote on a question of abortion if it comes before the court, or how they're going to vote on redistricting, or, or the latest is Act 10. She, I, she says, I think Act 10 is yeah. unconstitutional. I mean, is, is that appropriate for a, a jurist to essentially prejudge a case before it comes before them? It's absolutely inappropriate. I mean, the, the, the obligation of a jurist is to not only be uh, um, straightforward, and have a and have no biases going into considering a case uh, as a matter of fact to not be uh, prejudging cases but also not to give the appearance that you're prejudging cases so she's done both uh she's already uh, said what she wants to see happen on the court with respect to several high profile issues so uh, not only is she forecasting how she's got a rule she's not even uh, being uh, attempting uh, to be an impartial jurist. And that just goes back to her being a politician who dresses up like a judge and not really being a judge. So, you know, I think the decision before our fellow Wisconsinites is whether we want to have two legislatures or one, uh, because uh, she wants to turn the court into a second legislature. And by the way, it would be superior to the legislature for which the Constitution provides. So under the rule of Janet, the people of Wisconsin get to have only the laws that Janet believes they should have. And they get to enjoy only the liberties that Janet believes they ought to be able to enjoy. So this is a this is a dramatic, dramatic departure from the constitutional order. And like I said, I think this is one of the reasons it's driving the national interest, because uh, because she has been explicit about her desire to set aside the law whenever it conflicts with her personal politics. Uh, and uh, people want to know if that kind of plan is going to work here in Wisconsin, because if it does, they'll try to replicate that around the rest of the country. We're talking to state Supreme Court candidate, former Justice Dan Kelly. You know, it, it's interesting that you should mention that. I don't, don't know if you know this, but my late wife, 
was the last law clerk for Bruce Bielfus, who was the former uh, head of the Supreme Court. He was the Chief Justice mm-hmm. of the Supreme Court, and the, she worked, who worked for him the last year he retired. And I got to know him and some of the other justices that were on the bench when I first got my law license, you know, Nate Heffernan and Raleigh Day and um, you know, Bill Callow and Don Steinmetz and Lou Cece. I, I just I've been looking at this race and, and how it's developed and how you have a particularly one candidate who's is coming out and indicating they prejudged all these things. All all these justices would have just been been shaking their heads or if they passed away, rolling over in their grave that a, a Supreme Court race has now become this. That's right. I mean and, and that really is the rejection of the entire concept of the rule of law. And if you do that, we can no longer have the constitutional order. Um, and I think that people across the state of Wisconsin still treasure their constitution because they know that's what protects their liberties. But if all you have is the rule of Janet, uh, you'll no longer have that constitutional protection for your liberties. And, you know, and I'm talking about fundamental things. I mean, you can go through Article 1, Section 1, uh, and through the rest of that article in the Wisconsin Constitution and find all of those really cherished liberties that the Constitution has protected now for 175 years. And um, Janet's proposing to simply set that aside and make the court all about her and three of her friends in a Madison courtroom ruling the state of Wisconsin. So instead of the rule of law, we would have the rule of judges. Is that too obscure for for some voters who just simply say, I I think— I think women should be able to have an abortion, or I, I don't like Act 10 or whatever, and if I elect her, there's a chance that, you know, <clears throat> this is the way she's going to rule. It, it is, And I understand exactly what you're saying. Is that too obscure, though, for some voters to, to understand? Well, I don't think so, but let's put it this way. Uh, let's say you have one or two or three issues that you just care about more than anything in the world. And you say, uh, well, you, you know, if you can't get it through the legislature, you're going to go somewhere to get it. And so uh, you'll put somebody on the court who will destroy the institution of the court, but will guarantee that you get those one or two or three things. Well, you better make sure that those are the more important than every other liberty put together. Because to get, if you're going to use the court to get what you want when the legislature won't do it, you have to shred up the Constitution first. And once that's lying on the ground, then all the other liberties that that Constitution is meant to protect, they're not going to have that protection anymore. Once you tear that down, it doesn't come back. So it's not like Jan is going to go there and say, well, okay, you know, I'm going to put myself above the law, she says, on these specific issues. And then after she gets the result that she wants on those issues, it's not like she's going to uh, uh, finally decide that, well, from this point forward, she's going to follow the Constitution. That's not the way this works. It's an all or nothing proposition. You either get your constitutional, uh, constitutionally protected rights or you get Janet. It's one or the other. And so if you uh, if you vote for Janet because you've got those few issues that you think are more important than the Constitution and the rule of law, just make sure that you've decided that they're more important than everything else put together. Because all the rest of that constitutional protection that you currently enjoy, they'll go away. You were on the state Supreme Court for a number of years after a Scott Walker appointment. As you look back on the different cases that you handled, is there one that you are 
I don't know, I'll use the word proud, particularly proud of or one case that you think embodies your judicial philosophy and the type of justice you would be if elected to a full 10 year term? Yeah, sure. Now you're uh, now you're inviting me down into the weeds where I like to be. Uh, so uh, my favorite one was actually uh, Tetrachak versus Department of Revenue. So the question there uh, was it's a little bit obscure, but fundamentally important to the constitutional order. And the question was, uh, does the does the Supreme Court have to defer to the conclusions of law made by an administrative agency? Now, the reason that's important is because. We have to maintain the separation of powers, the legislative, executive, and judicial branches. We separate those out because that's the way that you protect the rule of law, and that's the way you protect liberty, is you, you parcel, the people of Wisconsin parcel out their authority amongst those three branches so that no one of them can become so powerful that it's able to steal away their liberties. So what had happened over time, and this is on the court for doing this, but over time, the court had developed a habit of deferring to the executive branch agency in their conclusions of law. And that's simply not what the Constitution allows for. And so what we did is we went back and we revisited that and said, no, no, we've got to make sure that these uh, branches stay separate. And so we'll no longer defer to the executive branch on conclusions of law. And that guarantees that if you come to court having uh, having been engaged with a, an executive branch agency, whether it's the Department of Natural Resources or something else, uh, you will get the court deciding uh, the questions of law instead of your opponent in the courtroom. So uh, the founders understood that separating out the powers amongst those three branches is critical to maintaining liberty. So I'm very proud of the Tetratech versus Department of Revenue opinion uh, because it is in the oldest tradition of our constitutional jurisprudence in ensuring that our constitutional order remains strong so that it can continue protecting the liberties that we care about so much. That is a really interesting answer to that that question. Uh, Former Justice Dan Kelly, the election is a week from today. I know you have been campaigning all over the state. Let me give you 35, 30 seconds, a minute or so, kind of wrap up. What would be your message to the listeners of our show? Well, thank you so much for this. Um, I, you know, I think it's this. I understand that all the authority to create and maintain governments in the state of Wisconsin belongs to the people of Wisconsin, and they simply loan that authority to those of us in government through their constitution. And so we are in a relationship with them that is a boss and servant relationship. And I understand that those who serve are servants, and their job is to do the job that the court, that the people of Wisconsin have given them. And in the courts, uh, the people of Wisconsin have said this. They have one job for us. And they say, don't get distracted. Concentrate on this. It's one job. Do it well. But it's just one thing. Use the existing law to decide the cases that come before you. Uh, they tell us that they're not interested in what we think about whether the law is good or effective. They tell us they have an entirely different branch of government to address those questions. It's the legislature. So they say, just do this one thing and be faithful to us in doing that. And that's what I've done in my service on the Supreme Court of Wisconsin. I've remained faithful to the Constitution and to the people of Wisconsin in discharging those responsibilities. And so if the people of Wisconsin invite me back to the court, uh, I would be so pleased to serve them in that capacity once again. And I will continue being faithful to them by being faithful to the Constitution. 
former state Supreme Court Justice Dan Kelly, candidate for election next Tuesday. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, We'll hopefully talk to you soon. I'll look forward to it. Thanks so much, Jeff. Absolutely. Take care. That's uh, former Justice Kelly.